All right, it is Thursday afternoon, and it's a special edition of the Fast Tech Sports Show of a segment we like to call Audio Blogs. Uh, this kind of came across my timeline today when I realized it was the one-year anniversary since Mark D'Antonio hung up his whistle, uh, and it, it was just a sad day all around. Bittersweet for me. You know I don't like Michigan State, but all in all, Mark D'Antonio was one hell of a competitor and a guy you wanted to face each and every year, uh, and he brought a lot of life to the rivalry, and especially when you look back on this year, where Mel Tucker, you know, obviously pulled off a huge upset of Michigan, the game just didn't have any juice. I don't know whether if it was due to COVID or the fact that we just didn't have Mark D'Antonio on Michigan State's sideline to kind of bring some hatred into the rivalry because I don't see myself ever hating Mel Tucker, and that's sad. But on today, uh, and I like to call it kind of the Mark D'Antonio day, uh, that this is the day he retired last year, uh, Thursday, February 4th, 2020, and it's now 2021, and on days like today, I like to remember what was a valiant and worthy uh, adversary uh, for Michigan. So by doing so, I'm going to read the blog I wrote one year ago today uh, when Mark D'Antonio decided to hang up his whistle for the foreseeable future and probably forever, which is a sad thing for college football fans everywhere. All right, let's get to this. All right, without further ado, the title of the blog is Requiem. For Mark D'Antonio, thank you. East Lansing, Michigan. October 2007, the rivalry was dead. Michigan had just won seven straight and ten of the last 12 games against their in-state rival, Michigan State, when in the post-game presser following a 28-24 Wolverines victory in Spartan Stadium, Michigan's Mike Hart called MSU Michigan's little brother. Then D'Antonio took to the podium and changed everything with one kind of confusing simple phrase, the pride comes before the fall. MSU would go on to win 8 of the next 11 in the rivalry, turning the Spartans into Michigan's older brother. Last Tuesday, D'Antonio took to the podium again, this time to announce his retirement for MSU's basketball game later that night versus Penn State. Having already announced his retirement via Twitter earlier in the day, nothing out of the ordinary occurred at the, pre- occurred, excuse me, at the press conference. D'Antonio conducted the press conference the same way he coached on the sidelines, composed, quiet, stern, and proud. He fought to remain stoic, holding back tears while he received a barrage of questions regarding the timing of his retirement. The timing of his retirement was fishy, having just been given a $4.3 million bonus three weeks prior in a lawsuit from former staffer Curtis Blackwell earlier the same day. But, but D'Antonio said the lawsuit had zero relevance in the timing of his announcement, admitting he had only made the decision a week prior when he typed his retirement letter on the way home from a recruiting trip. The lawsuit against D'Antonio likely would have ended anything, likely wouldn't have ended in anything more than a settlement. See Memphis basketball for evidence on how the NCAA handles these issues, or the loss of a few scholarships, making the belief that he retired because of the lawsuit unlikely. The timely $4.3 million bonus he just received he received just before retirement is also a non-issue to anyone within the MSU administration or fan base. If he did decide to hold off the announcement until after he received the bonus, so what? If anyone deserved it, it was D'Antonio. He's the one who won 114 games in his career, made 11 bowl game appearances, won three Big Ten titles, a Sugar Bowl, and a Rose Bowl for Michigan State. The same one who nearly died from a heart attack following his Little Giants victory over Notre Dame in September of 2010 and less than a month later was back on the sidelines leading Michigan State to an 11-win season. My favorite part of that uh, play is that uh, Le'Veon Bell was a special teams player on that play who, which is kind of funny, it's a little bit of a side uh, 
into what the blog is. Dang, I'm losing my track here. All right, but despite his glowing resume, D'Antonio still has his detractors. Throughout his career, he made a living recruiting less touted players and turning them into NFL draft picks. He was also known for giving players a quote-unquote second chance that might have that might not have one otherwise. This backfired on him a few times, most notably when he went against his assistant's advice and brought a recruit with a checkered past, Austin Robertson, to East Lansing only to have him kicked off the team shortly after for rape allegations. But for every Robertson, there are 10 to 20 players who D'Antonio helped mold into model citizens, but you don't hear about those ones as much. D'Antonio was also fiercely lo- a fiercely loyal guy, sometimes to a fault. That's what made it so difficult for Pat Narduzzi to, Narduzzi to leave his position as MSU's defensive coordinator for the vacant head coaching position at Pittsburgh in December of 2014. He had followed D'Antonio to East Lansing from Cincinnati and had coached with him for a long time, over 10 years. A similarity almost all of D'Antonio's assistants had. So it came as no surprise as that when the Spartans had a 3-9 and nine season in 2016 and a few lackluster years to follow, fans and media alike called for the heads of some of his court coordinators but d'antonio didn't budge if you remember he just simply shuffled around his uh coordinators instead of firing any of them it might have cost michigan state a few wins over the past few seasons by simply shuffling the coaching staff around instead of firing his friends but d'antonio stuck to his guns and remained loyal to quote-unquote his guys something you don't see very often across college football It's because of that loyalty that D'Antonio stayed at Michigan State despite his continued success, whereas other coaches across the country, such as Brett Bielma, Mike Leach, and Jimbo Fisher, left their jobs for the pay raise that the SEC offered, but not Mark. He stayed home in East Lansing. Even Michigan's basketball coach, John Beeline, left. Loyalty like D'Antonio's is truly rare. But the loyalty always showed MSU wasn't always reciprocated. According to Spartan beat reporter Rico Beard, D'Antonio wanted to coach the upcoming 2020 football season, then retire and pick his replacement. However, in the meantime, MSU had hired a search firm to look into finding a new coach. D'Antonio found out, was upset, and abruptly retired. Some might say this was childish by D'Antonio, but he's always been a my-way-or-the-highway type of guy. It's partially what's made him such a successful head coach, and for as much as he's done for this program, it would only make sense that he would have some, if not all, say in who would be his successor. But the same administration that made Tom Izzo a part of the search for the new head football coach thought this was a bit much. So D'Antonio retired. Throughout his career, everyone expected D'Antonio to have a ride off into the sunset moment, but instead, his retirement has been a complete nightmare. When asked in the press conference about whether the timing of his decision might affect the head coaching search, D'Antonio responded, Are you kidding me? People will run here. They'll crawl here. Michigan State will get an outstanding football coach that will care about young people. Since then, Cincinnati coach and D'Antonio's friend Luke Fickle has turned down the job, as well as Narduzzi, Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell, and Colorado head coach Mel Tucker, which he he in the aftermath, actually went and took the job, as we all know now, and he's done a great job. To make matters worse, Fickle said after his interview with MSU on Sunday that part of the reason he turned down the job at MSU was because of the culture on MSU's campus. People will blame D'Antonio for the mess that he has, that has been created in East Lansing since he left, but the blame should be placed on the MSU media, fans, and administration who ran him out of the city. He loved Michigan State, but they didn't always show it back. Whether it was through telling him how to coach, quote-unquote fire coordinators and bringing a spread offense guy, or blocking him out of the hiring process of his successor, D'Antonio was taken for granted. The guy made MSU football a national brand and gave their fans a voice, a rallying cry, quote-unquote pride comes before the fall, to combat the Michigan fans who heavily outnumbered them. He brought life back into a rivalry that had been dead for years. He took a down-and-out MSU program that was still reeling from what coaches Bobby Williams and John L. Smith had done to them and turned them into a college football playoff team. He did that, not the administration, the fans, or his assistants, him. 
We didn't appreciate it at the time, but D'Antonio was a blessing to both Michigan and Michigan State fans. MSU fans hated his gut, or excuse me, Michigan fans hated his guts and wanted to beat him more than anything. Yes, even more than Ohio State. He was one of those guys who you loved to hate and wanted to beat every time you played them, but you never could. He gave the rivalry balance and gave us some of the best games we could ever dream of. The negative 48 total yards for Michigan in 2014, the trouble with the snap game in 2015, the monsoon in 2017, and the Devin Bush pregame skirmish in 2018 to name a few. Both Michigan and MSU fans alike will look back on the past 12 years the same way we do the 10-year war between Woody and Bo, as the best arrival where you can be. Similar to the relationship between Batman and the Joker, we hate each other, but we need each other. D'Antonio's retirement was something I always thought would be a happy day for me, a huge Michigan fan, but oddly enough, it hasn't. Sure, I hated him, but I never wanted D'Antonio to retire. I wanted him and Michigan to go back and forth forever, just like a superhero and a villain would. But unfortunately, the day has finally come for Mark to hang up his cape, quote-unquote whistle, something that won't set in for people until the Spartans meet up against the Wolverines on October 10, 2020. Side note, what a horrible game that was uh, that Michigan lost. When a small part of you will feel like it has died, when you finally realize Mark is actually gone. D'Antonio's legacy will always be a complicated one, filled with some of the best moments in the program history, as well as some of the worst. But the good always outweighs the bad, and he will forever be synonymous with Michigan State for what he brought them while he repped the green and white. Quote-unquote, I want to uncomplicate my life, D'Antonio stated as one of the reasons he decided to retire at his pre press conference last Tuesday night. Something that he was never afforded in East Lansing, with headaches like the Larry Nassar case constantly plaguing him. But the MSU football team is not his responsibility anymore. It seems the mantle will be passed to former defensive coordinator, Mike Trestle, if this didn't end up happening, who will coach one year on an interim basis before MSU looks for D'Antonio's replacement in December. But there isn't one. There will never be another D'Antonio. He was one of a kind. Thank you, Mark. You will be missed. Fats. P.S. I'm sorry for calling you the Wicked Witch of the West all those times. Mark D'Antonio was one hell of a coach, uh, and just kind of a bit bittersweet looking back on this anniversary of the day that he hung it up as a Head coach for the Michigan State Spartans, it was a great tenure. Like I said, we're going to look back on this as like the Woody and Bo era of this rivalry. Nothing's ever going to compare to the 2015 trouble with the snap game. Uh, he is truly missed. Mel Tucker is doing a great job uh, being the head coach for Michigan State, but I know Michigan fans, State, Michigan State fans, uh, regardless of whether or not it would have produced more wins or not, I'm sure they still miss Mark D'Antonio in the green and white. Uh, I hope he's doing well. Like I said, we hate him, uh, but we love him. Thanks for listening to this audio blog, and if you like more stuff like this, make sure to check out the FatStacks.blog website for more stuff like this, uh, and new podcasts come from Scrambled Legs, FatStacks, and all the other podcast platforms under the FatStacks Sports umbrella. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with a new pod. You and I, we like fireworks and symphonies exploding in the sky. Of my heart, they finally collide. So stop time right here in the moonlight. Cause I don't ever.